Retro Rebel Gamecast, Episode 10, is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Toddcast. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, the show where we discuss retro gaming and related topics for your listening pleasure. I am host Stacy. Retro Rebel is released every week, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter by using the handle at Temple of Geek. Joining me this week is Amanda. Our other hey, yeah. Retro Rebel is uh, absent today, not feeling well. How are you doing, Amanda? Yeah, I'm good. Feeling fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I'm almost under the weather, but I feel like uh, the show must go on. So, um, well, I could sing right now, but I'll I'll not. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like I'm smoking. I'm not. I promise. Um, well, I'll do that for you. Don't worry. Yes, you go ahead and take <laughs> take the mantle for me. I appreciate it. So, what's been going on? What have you been been playing lately? Well, um, I'm still trying to battle through the Gears of War co-op mode with my husband, so doing a bit of couch gaming. We have made it, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't played, we have made it to the part where you are trying to go back up the elevator shaft that you went down in the first place. So uh-huh. you've kind of got to dodge all the obstacles that are falling down in your way and, and you're like shooting up on these wires. So that's where we've gotten to so far. Once again, another tower defense. But I think the tower defense in that level is much easier than it was when you were trying to defend that like wooden, you know, that wooden settlement. Yeah. Because we just put all of the um, turrets and everything in one room and we stayed behind the turrets in the room and just blasted everything that came in front of the door. And that was yeah. so easy. Like <laughs> We barely <laughs> had to do anything. Yeah. Um, I'm actually... So, oh, anyway. What were you saying? Keep going. No, I was just going to say, if you're going to do that level, that is definitely the way to go. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I hadn't figured out the best way to do that yet. I, I actually just took the elevator down. And so okay. uh, that's where I am in Gears of War. And, and uh, I put two turrets in the room at the front, which probably... The only reason I did that is because I put all those little barricades on the in the entryway, so it slows any of the locusts or whoever come, whatever the, the not locusts that are coming through. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but those little infant ones will jump over the wall. So it's like that, that didn't stop them at all. Um, mm. but anyway, it's, I'm still I, enjoying that game though. I find the man turret is not worth it. The automatic turret is better because the man turret, like it overheats and it runs out of bullets. Whereas the automatic turrets, you can get loads of them for one manned turret. And they, ah. if you get loads of them, they don't really run out of bullets when there's that many. So I think we had maybe four or so, and then oh. loads of, you know, spikes down and everything, like one shock turret. Um, but we made the mistake getting the man turret, and after the second wave, it was already depleted of bullets. And then you can't remove it, so it was just in the way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I noticed on uh, Games with Gold for Xbox Live that they had a free download of the Fallout 
shelter game, but on the console this time. And, um, you know, I got to level 100 on mobile on that. And I thought, hmm, I'd like to see what that looks like on a large screen, having played it on a tiny mobile screen, um, to see if it kind of looks more impressive when you have, you know, loads of things going on. So I'm excited to try that one. Nice. Okay. I didn't see, I didn't notice that. I downloaded uh, free to, the free-to-play uh, Rayman. Uh, okay. And uh, I played that. I played that for about uh, three or four hours, and uh, really enjoy it. Um, it's just a lot of fun, and so it's it's a you know platformer. Yeah, uh, is it Rayman Legends? Yes. Yeah, no, that's a cute game. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's funny. It's uh, you know they say everything without saying any words, and mm-hmm. uh, but um. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's been a lot of fun and and that's just kind of been a change of pace because I, in between that I'm playing Gears of War, and I finished the Batman, uh, Telltale game. Uh, in the meantime, Is it good? it's it's really really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the best part about it or the best praise I give is I think it's the it is the best take on Batman and the origin stories of of his kind of rogues gallery. Uh, in a long time, maybe since, uh, I don't know, Dark Knight and all that in terms of the movies. So they put a spin on Batman's origin, a spin on a lot of the villains. Uh, so it's worth it. It's worth a try. If anybody who likes that type of game or is just a Batman fan, it's a, it's a must play in my opinion. So, well, maybe I'll pick it up cause I love telltale in general, but I don't know a whole lot about Batman um, outside of just the movies. And I know they're not always true to the source material as with anything that gets adapted, but. um, Well, I think you'd enjoy it. I do. I think you'd enjoy it. If you, if you like Batman at all and, or if you like telltale at all, this is one of their, their probably most well done. Uh, It's the least buggy of any of them that I've played. Uh, I had I played it on uh, Xbox One, but it's the least buggy of any of them. Uh, it's your decisions seem to make the most uh, outside of maybe The Walking Dead have the most impact because um, yeah. they really change the direction of the story and what what eventually happens. But no, I think it was it was really good, and I you know I was playing it with my kids around, not really kid appropriate, so uh, much more adult. Than I had uh, originally thought. I was like, "Yeah, it's Batman." Oh, son, you need to go in the other room. So, <laughs> <laughs> so a little PG warning there. Uh, exactly. Like yeah. Needed. Absolutely. Um, I mean, <laughs> and you get to, there's one there's one thing that some people I've read have found annoying about the game, and that is uh, the detective portion of this, where you're piecing things together, and so you have to look at clues and you have to link the clues to further the story. And yeah, most but of I would the time, love that. yeah, and and I did too, and that's definitely that's a part of who who he is, you know, who Batman is. So I felt like that that fit nicely, and it was a, a good touch. So to me, I enjoyed it, but some people have not. I can see that. Yeah, I think I'll pick it up though. Sounds like something I'd like. Yeah, I think so. So, well, anyway, today we would like to. Uh, talk about some current topics and uh 
Amanda, I think um, you had a good idea. It's something I've seen in the news uh, recently, and, and actually I've had my own run-ins and issues with GameStop. But we want to discuss this circle of life policy that GameStop has and, and kind of the, I guess, that entire the platform of selling old games or reselling uh, and how it's more or less dying and, and kind of the, you know, the future and the direction that we're looking to go. So, Amanda, why don't you tell us kind of your take on this circle of life from GameStop and, and the direction of digital gaming and selling old games and all that and the direction that's going. Yeah. Well, um, there's been some controversy recently. I think some um, sales quota material was leaked recently from GameStop, which essentially docks their staff when they sell non-pre-order retail copies of games um, because they don't, they being GameStop, don't really make any money off of selling um, day one uh, released brand new games. They only make money off of pre-orders and off of um, the secondhand market. And uh, some of the associates were saying that they would sell, you know, hundreds of pre-owned games and hundreds of of, um, pre-order titles. And then on day one of a big game release, they'd have their entire quota wiped out because obviously a lot of people want to ring up day one retail um, just stock shell versions of whatever game was released and and this was particularly bad when they had some big titles come out things like you know call of duty and and stuff like that where people know that they're going to be in stock so there's really no point to order you know any sort of pre-order stuff unless you want to purchase the map packs up front but then you know you can always get those anytime so it's just one of those things where people know there's going to be stock and some of uh, some of the things that I've heard include sales associates saying that there aren't any things in stock. Like if someone's yeah. asking for a console, a new console, they'll say they don't have any of those in stock. Um, if someone um, is asking whether or not they're going to have enough stock of a particular release, they'll mislead them and make them believe like they need to pre-order it because there's not going to be enough. And I feel like there's two things happening here. One the retailers and stuff, they do need GameStop and, you know, retail stores to a certain extent because you're not always going to want to buy a digital download of the game. Um, there is a lot to be said for having a disc in portability. You could take it to other consoles. You can't really right, do that right. with a digital title as easy. Um, and also, you know, people might want to get a collector's version or whatever and have that in their hands and not have to wait for any sort of delivery or anything like that. So... I I can see that retailers are always going to need to put their stuff on the shelves, at least in the immediate future. Why they provide so little. I mean, they are talking about just a few cents up to a few dollars per copy sold of a retail game. And those things are 60 bucks. I can see why GameStop doesn't want, you know, that to be the priority for their sales associate. But on the flip side... Anytime you're trying to mislead the public to get them to buy something that's more profitable for your company, I think that is a huge negative. Um, And especially because companies with the retail market saying that, you know, it's going to be digital only and all the sorts of things they tried to do with the Xbox One that just weren't possible, (laughs) that people (laughs) said no to and, and got really upset about. Um, Rightfully so, you know, I think. Yeah, of course. It, it's your product. It shouldn't be locked to a specific 
console, you've paid the money for it. You should be able to do kind of what you want with it. But yeah. I don't think that retail copies are going to go away anytime soon. And the idea that the only place that a retailer that is essentially the embodiment of the video games industry can make money is on secondhand games. That is a bit concerning, you know, and I think yeah. I think that they need to a diversify, you know, they need to have other things available if they had kind of more merchandise and other things like limited release hoodies or, you know, other stuff that you could buy in addition to the game. I think they could make decent margins. I don't think, in my opinion, they cater enough to gaming as a lifestyle as they yeah. do just carrying the, you know, the product itself. Um, so that would be what I would say to GameStop, you know, instead of telling your customers or having your associates feel like they need to tell customers that things are out of stock because you don't make money that way, is instead find ways to make bundles of, of merchandise and other products, wearables, consumables, that make it an attractive place, attractive option more so than just digital download um, yeah. or, or day one release normal copies of a game. I don't know. What are your thoughts along that? Because I was quite shocked to hear that. But then. But then what? I, I can get why they would be, you know, uh, incentivizing their staff to sell only pre-owned because that's where they make, you know, the majority For of their sure. money. Yeah. No, you know, honestly, when GameStop, you know, I guess in my in terms of like just how I used to consume games, I mean, it used to be. To me, a lot of fun to go to midnight release at GameStop and get my game. Uh, you're there with other people with like interests, and you're, you know, I remember especially for like uh, World of Warcraft, any of the expansions. Even though now you can get them digitally, and it makes no sense to do it otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, that you would be able to go there. I'd get to talk to other people, find out what what uh, server they were on, and mm -hmm. what guilds, and so on and so forth. And that was fun. It was good conversation. It got people out and, you, you know, meeting other people. And, and, and obviously you're there for the same reason. And that was cool. Um, there was also a time around that same time where when you would pre-order a game, there was a reason. Like, it was to guarantee. At least in my mind, that's the way they made it seem from the beginning. That you could come. And I had, I had searched other stores. If you didn't pre-order your game back then, there was a chance you wouldn't get one. You know, that you would have to go find another location uh, to, to find again. And, and yeah, there probably would be one at Best Buy or Walmart or something like that. But GameStop, you could for you knew for sure that at midnight you could go get your game before anybody else. And they had a limited supply and they, I'm, you know, that's how they made you feel. And uh, <clears throat> and so in doing all that, you were able to get, get your game kind of before everyone else. And there's something to be said for that. I mean, I think, you know, just that whole first uh, just being first and, and being able to be involved in the in the in the conversation, whatever that means, uh, you know, is important to some people. And, and I kind of I remember I, I, I logged in for like 30 minutes and wow, especially when uh, the Burning Crusade came out and I played for 30 minutes and just wanted to play around in the world and be able to, you know, mm -hmm. even if I wasn't talking to anybody about it, it was important to me that I got to experience it. Yeah, uh, that's that said. um you know, I, I used to also rely on GameStop to go get some used games. Games that I was like, I don't want to pay full price for these games. I'll wait till they come out used. Um, when I heard the circle of life policy that they had and that they were actually, you know, potentially withholding new products um, 
and and telling people that they didn't have uh, they didn't have a new version of this so that they could push the old version and how much of their business was based on that. I got to you know I it obviously leaves a bad taste in your mouth. You're um, I'm I'm of the mindset you know if I read this stuff I can go make better decisions now that I've read stuff like that. Um, but I hate it for GameStop because I don't feel like I don't feel like they're unnecessary. Much like you said, I mean they they have a role right now, um, and I don't think it has to go away. You know, and you know we can talk about and I'd like to talk about the you know the digital versus hard copy and the pros and cons of those of those two different uh, mediums. But you know, I, I there there is no way to download hardware you know i was listening to colin moriarty uh colin was right the other day and and uh, that's one of the things he says is with this this issue you can't download hardware like you got to get the consoles from someplace yeah uh, and so that is always going to be something that that is needed uh they do a good job of you know recycling them even though you're going to get like seven bucks for your xbox 360 um yeah. and, and getting them back out to people uh and they also have, I don't know if you've seen, the. they have diversified a little bit. Um, they're moving, they, they sell iPods and iPads now, uh, or used, obviously, used yeah. uh, hardware. Um, they have vinyl, uh, pop vinyl figures. Uh, they do sell some clothing and coffee mugs and, you know, this, that, you know, licensed merchandise, I'm assuming, but. Mm. But they're, they're getting, they're moving towards that. And I think that's a good, that is a good thing for them. Um, yeah. Because. Yeah, as you said, their particular industry is kind of dying, and uh, they got to find another. They got to find another avenue, another way to get in and stay relevant. Because, you know, digital sales are not necessarily becoming the norm, but they are more popular and and it's more prevalent than it's ever been. And I don't anticipate that going the other direction. You know? I'm surprised they're not getting in on the video game rental market. Uh, for I mean, especially because there are so few blockbusters or anything like that out there um that you know, is a good I idea rent my games um yeah. and i have them delivered to my box but to be fair it would actually be more convenient for me because i happen to work in a shopping center not with a game stop but with the uk version called game but they're very similar but if yeah. i could go in be a member of that for 10 quid a month or whatever it is just like i am with this postal version i would happily bring in the game i'd rented and trade it for something else in store you know yeah because then and you can look that. at all the titles and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. And, you know, for, like you said, it, trying to think of how much that is in U.S. dollars. Uh, I'm not doing mm, the like, at 15. Like 12 bucks. 12, 12 bucks. bucks or less. Yeah. So for 12 bucks. The exchange or, rate's not great <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so uh, for, you know, $12 a month, you'd be able to rent some of the, And they've got a huge library of used games you know and um even if that meant you were renting only their used games you know they didn't open any new copies for that because that may not be conducive to their business model whatever yeah. um i think that would be that would be a great idea because there really is only there's Redbox, which is absolutely unreliable in terms of renting here um you can rent mm -hmm. games but uh the game you want may be at you can look online and find out where it is. By the time you get there, it's not there. Or it was never there to begin with. It was actually at this other Redbox. So, and I'm not sure. Do y'all have a Redbox in, in uh, the UK? 
No, we don't. But I, I mean, I know what it is. It's like the vending yeah. machine. Yeah, um, it, it, absolutely. Yeah, and it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. You know, you can go. You go and you select your movie. It it spits it out, and you bring it back the next day, or in most cases, like five days later, and it charges you five days worth because your your dumbass wouldn't go take it back. <laughs> but regardless, it gives you the option to rent it relatively cheaply. Um, yeah, I think games you can rent for th- two or three days. Uh, it costs a little bit more, but I mean, you're not going to get anywhere in a game in one day. So, yeah, well, the the service that I have here, which is something they should, I mean, I would say that they should look to do is basically you pay a fixed amount every month. You can rent a game. You can keep the game as long as you want, but obviously you're going to get charged every month, regardless of whether you played two games or 10 games or no extra games. And then yeah. whenever you're done, you send it back and you get the next game in your list. It's kind of like Netflix in that regard. But I would happily go to a shop with the game I was done playing and trade that out. And I think they would be incentivized to open and purchase for that purpose a few new titles. So that way, because I, I um, pay for an escalated version of the service that puts me in the priority queue for new releases. Yeah. So, you know, you could charge somebody a priority queue for new releases, tell them how many new releases are available in each store, and rent those out because the reality of it is is that you're going to be able to rent those dozens and dozens of times because they, when they fall off the new release list, then you've got them in the use list as well. So I mean, right. you'd have quite a bit of stock available. And if you wanted to keep it, then you could pay a reduced rate to keep the game, you know, and get something yeah. else. I and mean, I think that would be a clever way to kind of kill two birds with one stone. However, they've just got to stop making it so that their employees feel like they have to lie to people, you know? And I think that would be the best way to do it, really, you know? No, I think that you heard it here first, Retro Rebel Gamecast. You, GameStop, <laughs> you, one GameStop, should begin a rental a rental process. This is your new business model. I think we just saved your business, so um, you know where to find us. No, I think that's a fantastic idea. Honestly, I think that's a great idea because they already have they already have the stock, the old the used stock, um, and so yeah, with a and I think personally, I would probably I'd be because right now you pay your ten dollars, you get reward points, which are just garbage, and mm-hmm. your reward points can you have to have it's kind of like it's kind of like playing skee ball to win the Xbox three hundred and sixty. You need nine million tickets to get mm-hmm. it. And, and you're never going to get all those tickets. And they know that. That's why they put it on the top shelf. It's covered in dust. No one's ever won it, and they're never going to. It's the same thing. <laughs> you know, it's, it's or like a carnival. They know you're not getting the, the good thing. You know, they know whatever they whatever the good prize is, you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, you pay your $10, you get your Game Informer magazine. But whatever points you get based on the money you spent there goes towards stuff that you're like keychain or like a you know stickers or a patch or and I and I know that there's a market for that but it's overpriced and and I don't feel like you get your money's worth for any of that stuff but I would pay $10 a month for my game informer or I'd pay $15 a month. I'd pay more than that for my magazine as well as an opportunity to rent games unlimited rentals as long as one at a time you know yeah. um yeah, that's uh, that would be that would I think that would give them that would give them a, a carve them out of place in the market at this point where it it appears that it's it's kind of dwindling and about to disappear and they're trying to keep themselves relevant by changing the rules and actually being unethical and deceitful. 
and that's yeah. just that's okay. well to be honest you wanted to talk about digital games i think until microsoft lets you store and and download the games directly onto the cloud unlimited there's not really a market for that because that's true um, it's just you cannot put that many games i've just put uh, a one terabyte hard drive on my and i'm like 40 percent full and i probably only have like 15 games on it maybe right. it's just one of those things where you start weighing is it worth to download a 50 gigabyte file onto this piece of hardware yeah for me to play for two weeks and no, then probably I, I forget agree. about it leave it there you know i agree completely <laughs> Well, I want to talk about that, and let's get to that. That'll be our second topic. But any closing thoughts on GameStop and their and their uh, unethical practice and their new business model? I, I think it would be a good business model for them, but I think they need to regain consumer confidence. Like, you can get games a lot of places, and it's a shame that they act like this to a community that is 100% who supports them. You know, nobody goes in there if they don't want games, but a lot of people go into Walmart for a lot of different reasons it might come home with a game so right. uh, you know I, I would say if the only people walking into your store are people who want games and you've got a policy that makes people feel like they're going to be lied to about whether or not it's available or whether or not they should buy what they're thinking of buying um, then that's just damaging yourself really I so, mean they literally they could literally go in there and not get a game you know and the game be there or the or the console is actually there you know so a client would walk away that's, yeah. That just seems counterintuitive in uh, a number of uh, other expletives. So. Yeah, and only because they make less money on that. They don't make no money on that. They make less right. money on that. Well, you sell it, sell it, and then, and then there will there will be someone else. You know, if you send, there cannot be a. I don't know of a business practice that that they teach someone where they teach you to send. A customer away <laughs> that was money that was money I don't see how that 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 can be a good business practice um, I know that you make maybe exponentially more on the used stuff only because you only give you know a fraction of what it's worth but regardless uh, new yeah, business model you know, GameStop yeah tell them they need to change things <laughs> things need, need to change, change. Shit together. <laughs> that's right Topic one is brought to you by our sponsor, Audible.com. Audible is offering a free audiobook download for you, the listeners of the Temple of Geek Retro Rebel Gamecast, with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Amanda, what is our recommendation this morning? Our first recommendation is called Born a Crime. It's by um, the host of The Daily Show, Trevor Noah, and it's about... Uh, him growing up in South African apartheid and how it was a crime for Hay to be born to a black mother and a white father and his experience with that. And it is eight hours, 50 minutes. It's narrated by Trevor Noah himself and it's available in the free trial. That's awesome. I, uh, I'd be interested to uh, quote, read that. I had to do the air quotes if you didn't see me. I, I... <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested to have that read to me. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I feel like I'm not reading, but I'm totally reading. I'm so proud of the books <laughs> that I've been able to listen to lately. <laughs> you can head over to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast to get that free title now, or you can choose from over 180,000 other titles today. Support us by heading to audibletrial.com slash Toddcast and get your free 30-day trial started today. 
Topic two. Well, all right. Well, we kind of already touched on it, but I kind of, I, I have some strong feelings about this and it, and I may be, they may be unwarranted and you, you may be able to shed some light on this, but digital versus, versus the hard copy, having that, that game in your hand where you can tangibly feel it. Pros and cons, you know, what's digital, the, the benefits of digital, the benefits of hard copies and, and uh, kind of the direction it's going. What are, what are your thoughts, Amanda, on, on a, digital versus hard copies? Well, the assumed benefit of digital is immediate gratification. So you can purchase it right away. There's no supply and demand. It is just immediately available and you can have that game and play it immediately. The downside of retail is limited stock, uh, waiting in line, you've got to go somewhere and hopefully you can find a copy of the game. Now, right. I'm going to probably be a bit controversial in saying that I don't think that digital is immediate anymore. Um, even with we, even with fiber optic internet, it can yeah. take hours for a game to be ready to play. And this is because of day one patches and everything like that. Whereas a shop may be 20 minutes away. And most of the time, things that you want are in stock and you can get it and just apply only the day one patch instead of how to download 50 gigabytes of game and then wait for that to patch. Yeah. So I would say, provided the benefits of digital are actually realized in that, you know, they can kind of pre-download titles to the cloud or something like that. If it's a new release, essentially they push a download to everyone while, you know, the console is dormant. And then if you purchase that game, it is immediately available to play. Without something like that, I, I don't see a benefit to digital download. It is an inferior copy of the game because you're missing any artwork or extras you'd get with buying a physical copy. It's often just as expensive or in some cases more expensive. Um, sometimes they yeah. don't make the standalone version available. They'll only make a deluxe version available. Um, I, I just I do not agree with um, digital downloads and I have only digitally downloaded a handful of games um, that were released on day one at full price. Now, I, I download games with gold all the time, but I'm not in a hurry to play those, so I don't really care how long it takes. They're right. just more to have. Um, I did download Dragon Age Inquisition as a day one download. It took almost four hours to be ready to play, and it was Christmas when they had the outages, and halfway oh, through... Yeah. It the, it the whole network went down and the download didn't complete till the next day. And yet I could have went to the store and had it in my hand and <laughs> played it on Christmas morning had I went out to the shop. So that's my experience. It's overall kind of been negative when it comes to digital downloads because it's just not 100% reliable for an inferior product, in my opinion. Yeah, and there's and there are other issues that are that are... I don't know that these will go away either, is that a lot of... A lot of internet providers uh, cap your data, um, and you know, for someone like you who's going to be downloading a tremendous amount of information, uh, you may cap your your data. You know, early in and in, in the middle of a download, it either slows to less than a crawl, or you know, it just it makes it would make your online experience as undesirable as possible and almost unbearable, like to the point where you're not, it's not worth really playing or even trying to download anything. I'm assuming I, mean, I, I have, 
What's that? I was going to say I couldn't survive if I had cap data. Uh, I checked the bandwidth usage on my Xbox, and we're using almost 650 gigabytes a week. Oh, no. <laughs> so it, it, it would not be possible. I could never go to a non-unlimited plan, and I'm pretty sure our network provider wishes I would. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, you know they do. Yeah, you're ruining it for everyone. You're goddamn right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean, we we use a couple terabytes a month, um, just me and my husband, and we have we have four streaming devices in the house. So we've got four different consoles. We've got a 360. We've got an Xbox One, two Xbox Ones in the house, and a PS4. Um, that my flatmate has. And then we've also got like Roku streaming sticks. All of us have Netflix. All of us have Amazon Prime. Like, trust me when I say, no <laughs> way would that ever work. <laughs> Nothing we're doing is not using the internet. So, pretty, um, pretty much. I mean, you know, we've got a CCTV system that uses the internet. I've got Alexa. She uses the internet. You know, like everything. Yeah. Everything uses the internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you were getting the most of it. I I would I would consider whatever plan you are using as a bargain. Oh yeah, for I think we're paying maybe fifty pounds a month for fiber yeah. optic. Yeah, you uh, well, your internet is better than mine, and I'm not in some rural town in in Alabama, but I am in Alabama. And uh, <laughs> ding 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 ding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I'm in a college town, and so uh, you know, it's we're. I would say we're we're pretty we're pretty hip. We're up on the up on the 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 current events in terms of, and and current sitch in in terms of uh, technology and and uh, we should be I wouldn't say cutting edge, but I would say we're up to date. And yeah. I every game that I buy or play on my PS4 or Xbox One is unplayable until the next day at the earliest. It's even a hard yeah. copy. Um, because of how long it takes to, because however much of the game has to be saved to the hard drive, and then whatever patches have come out. And if it's more than, I'd say if it's more than 30 or 40 gigs, uh, it, it could be one to three days before I can play it. Um, but at the same time, we've got four, four consoles that use the internet, uh, most of the time they're being utilized for Netflix. Then we have three tablets that are almost always, uh, they're perpetually streaming YouTube or Netflix. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, they're, they're constantly being used and we're constantly streaming things. And so I know that we're using a lot of data, but, yeah. uh, you know, so it, to me, again, the, the digital, I, I see the advantage there. Absolutely. I see the advantage, but Change for the sake of change isn't necessarily, in my opinion, it's not necessarily good. One of the, well, I know it's, I know, I believe objectively it's not good just for the sake of it. You know, that yeah. you have to look at the pros and cons and see what's, what is cost benefit ratio. So yeah. with, with digital, I see the convenience factor. I mean, you don't have to, you don't even have to leave. You can just download it straight to your hard drive. But as you said, and, and as I found, I think everyone found out really early with the Xbox 360 is that the, the hard drive on, especially the slim version of it or the, you know, the, the slim down version of it is just garbage. It's just where, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't download one game. You'd have one game on there and you couldn't play anything else. You couldn't even save 
kingdom, you know, your your kingdom, oh, of, yeah. kingdom of Kalar save if you downloaded, yeah. you know, Call of Duty. So, um, which that that brings an interesting point. Another downside of digital titles is it doesn't matter how long the game's been out; they are stupid overpriced versus what you would pay for a used copy of a two-year-old game. Uh, exactly. Recently, I had to download Halo 3, I think it was, onto my 360. So my brother wanted to play, and uh, we we found out that you, you can't on live Xbox One Live versus Xbox 360 Live. They just don't yep. play together, um, which was upsetting, by the way. I, no one had made that clear. Xbox Live to no. me is Xbox Live, and if I can start a party and chat with him, why the hell can't I play? Um, but... Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, um, I downloaded it, and it was still $29. $29 for yeah. Halo 3. How old is that game? And yeah. it was only because I could not find it in any shops. Like, no shops. Yeah. So well, aside from waiting for it to come from Amazon or eBay, I was just like, screw it, I'm going to download it. But how dare they? You know, like... Yeah. Well, I think that's exactly, you answered your question. Why, how, how does this cost this much? Well, because no one else has it and they can, you know, it's just such a shame because, you know, I don't have the game book. I don't have any of the other stuff. And yet I paid as much for it in 2016 as I paid for the original game buying it used a week after release with everything. What is that? So I think I think digital needs a few things to be viable. One, if it's a new release, they need to pre-download it, push it as a patch to everybody's consoles in the middle of the night, and then the ones that purchase it can play it immediately. Yeah. Well, that's that. Then, then you get the, fact, the, but that would the, be a nice feature. It would be, and but you get into the conversation of DRM, and that was one of the big issues that people had with Xbox One is. We don't want you turning on our Xboxes when we're not when we're not there, not paying attention, and you know, and being able to utilize the Connect, which you're going to make us purchase, and and all these things yeah. are trying to shoehorn into deals that nobody really wanted. Uh, not even really sure the motivation behind it, unless this is something we're going to try to make them take because we're going to try to steer them towards what we want to make content for, and nobody wants it, so stop making content for it. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, everyone has the cloud save capability because that's how you, like, move your profile around to Xboxes, even if they pushed it to that, which is something yeah. you can just access. Yeah. That would be better because then it's just a matter of moving a save file. That doesn't take long at all, you know? Yeah. That just yeah. takes, I mean, 20 minutes max? Yeah. I And I could handle that. That that would be okay. I think, again, my the conspiracy tinfoil hat idea that I have about all this is I don't like not having a hard copy of something that I own because what if something happens to my profile? What if something happened? Because I've lost, I lost my original Xbox profile. And uh, so I lost, I mean, it's not that big of a deal to lose all your gamer points. How did points that happen? Man. Well, because, uh, you know, when they made the change, Microsoft made the change over to try to, to streamline and synchronize all of their products across everything. Well, like, so the computer, uh, your Xbox, everything on Windows is all kind of one password now. And in doing so, it made it to where uh, when they did that, I couldn't access my old 
profile uh, because I guess they had gotten rid of anything that you hadn't logged into before a certain point, and everything is kind of was brought up to date and, and streamlined. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how how it got to the point where that that profile no longer existed, but it no longer existed, and uh, so. And and the the issue was is and the only reason I came back to it was because I had I got my Xbox stolen some you know 2010 so 2010 I get my Xbox stolen Jesus uh, I'm trying to get logged back in trying to get everything I can't remember my password because it's saved on there and so I'm going through micro <laughs> Xbox and the and the support website and all this stuff and and none of them are linked. It's like the support website wasn't linked to Xbox, which wasn't linked to my Xbox, and so or to the Microsoft website. And it was just kind of a shit show. Right. And when it got to when I when I finally just gave up and made a new profile, you know, bought a new Xbox, made a new profile, and just kind of went on with my with my life. Well, I found my password, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go back and access my old uh, my old profile. And at that point, I could no longer do it. And um, it just, the idea that maybe you, you lose your password or something could, something could happen and you don't have a hard copy. Like, I've got Nintendo games in my closet. Any yeah. old school NES games that I can, I just cleaned my NES and I played it yesterday. That's super old. <laughs> that is, you know, we got a 30-year-old console and games that are just as old. And I can yeah. play them anytime I want to. Uh, there's yeah. an excellent chance that you log into Destiny or Titanfall and you can't even play it. Like, there's no server to run it. You can't yeah. play it. Uh, well, I, mean, so, I think that is, like, one of the big downsides in general. Like, anything that has online game modes only. City of Heroes yeah. is an MMO. It's an excellent example. They turn the servers off. That's it job's done you can never go back yeah. it's never you can't ever like do it again and one day they will turn off the wow servers and that's it yeah. it's done you know no. you can never go back no. i know it's horrible but my experience with microsoft live and and xbox live and microsoft support has actually been exactly the opposite of yours so okay. i had to everything everything's content restricted to countries yeah so when I moved yeah. over here, I had to transfer my profile um, to allow it to be used in the UK. And I had about $1,000 worth of rock band songs um, that wouldn't have transferred. Yeah. And I escalated it through support, not because they weren't being helpful, but just because I needed to find the right person, who then signed off on the ability for my account to be cross-continental. So I'm one of the few people that isn't content locked at all. I can download from the U.S. store and the U.K. store. I can use all of my content in both continents. And I think, you know, that sort of level of support makes me more willing, just based yeah. on my experiences, to go fully digital because I've never had a bad experience with them. You know, they've gone above and beyond to make my games available and the money that I've spent with them and the digital content that I trusted with them available regardless of what else I do in my life. Um, and I think that's kind of filtered out to other companies. Like uh, I have an Alexa I mentioned and yeah. it records in 60 second chunks all day long. It never stops recording in 60 second chunks. Now it yeah. records over every 60 seconds, but it is always listening to everything going on in my life 
in 60 second increments. Um, but it is super convenient and now controls lots of things in my house. So I'm kind of okay trusting that it does copy over, you know, because I don't know. That's what they say, but I don't actually know. And I wouldn't know how to check if that's the truth. But I just trust that it is recording over itself. It's not keeping a record of my whole life. And it's worth it for the functionality that I get. Yeah. Makes but sense. but where, where I think digital games and things like that fall down is there is currently zero benefit to doing that over a retail copy if the retail copy is in stock. I, yeah. I see no benefit. It's, it's yeah. just as expensive, if not more expensive, takes twice as long. I, yeah. I don't see the benefit there. <laughs> you know? No, I agree. I agree completely. Um, uh, you know, the, the, I, I'm not an naysayer. I think that it, there's a place for it. I don't think it's going away. I don't know that it's going to replace it anytime soon, though. I don't know that digital sales will replace purchasing hard copies anytime soon. Um, well, and, not uh, unless Project Scorpio is way more awesome than we think it is. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly, and uh, and you know we'll, that that is definitely a discussion uh, to be had. So, anyway, I I'm uh, I'm I'm not opposed to di- digital. I like having the hard copy. I like having my collection. We all know, uh, and any listeners know, Daniel is as well. He's got his only little uh, museum. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, any final thoughts on uh, digital versus hard copy? I think I could be a hundred percent digital convert if they eliminated the extreme wait times. I would happily turn in all of my physical copies. I've never had any problem with their service or the ability to port my content. So if they remove that four to twelve hour install period, you know, and download period, I would happily. I would do it. Yeah, and uh, I I would agree that I mean I'm a huge Blizzard fanboy. I mean I have every one of their games, um, or have I have played every one of their games, and I'm a fan of of all of their content. And their their Blizzard uh, downloader is is fantastic. You know everything is in one spot. It's a lot like Steam, only it's only for Blizzard games. And so what else yeah. do you need? So, <laughs> but I mean, and right there you can access all of your games. They automatically you you. You load it, and it will download patches or anything that's going on while it's up, and uh, it's great. So I know I'm not opposed to it. I just don't want to lose access uh, because you know if if it's not an online only, uh, and it is a digital product, I would just hate to purchase something that if I wanted to play it five years from now, I could play it. Um, yeah. You know, to go revisit games like like you have and like I have, I can put in Knights of the Old Republic right now, and I can play it. I can put in any one of my Mass Effect games and play it. Oh, um, and, I want to play Knights <laughs> of the Old Republic. It's been decades. It is a, it is such a good game. It still holds up. It's a little it, it's a little buggy in when it loads, but it is it is still a good game. So, well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for joining me on this week's discussion. All the notes hey. from this week's episode. Hey, all the notes <laughs> from this episode will be posted to our site at templegeek.com. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email me at info at templeofgeek.com. Please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and rate our show because that helps us a lot. Until next time. See you later.